Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I said, you are crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good evening, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon. Kalimera, Kalispera, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to another episode of Gate 7 International. I'm your host, Costa. We're back. It's October time. Transfers are finished, guys. No more transfers, no more free transfers. It's been the longest transfer window ever in history. It really has been. And finally, Olibiagos back on the pitch today against Atromitos with a new slash old coach, Michel Gonzalez, on the bench today for the first time since his return against Atromitos. Uh, 2-0 victory for Olibiagos tonight. Fairly comfortable win on Olympiacos is back to winning ways. We're going to get back uh, into the swing of things here as well. I'm alone for the moment. I may have Ari joining me a little bit later on. Uh, uh, Labro is back in the US on Pacific time. So we're all trying to get a little bit uh, uh, back into back into the swing of things here on the podcast. Guys, if you remember, we reached... 2,000 subscribers on YouTube some weeks ago, and we announced a giveaway. A giveaway for what I'm holding here is the 2021, or rather 2022-23 Olympiacos jersey with Marcelo's name on it. The giveaway has been on our Instagram for a couple of weeks now, and it ended last night, and we promised that we would announce the winner of the giveaway tonight on the podcast. I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to keep you in suspense a little bit longer before we reveal the winner. We did one of those random spin the wheel type uh, type things, of course. So there'll be a video dropping a little bit later on during this podcast. Uh, if you're watching online on YouTube, find out who the winner is. Stick around a little bit more to find out who the winner is of this wonderful, wonderful giveaway. And guys, if you haven't done so already, don't forget to like and subscribe. Liking subscribing doesn't cost you anything. It really helps us to grow our reach, find other Olympiacos fans around the world. So let's talk about the game today, shall we? 4-4-2 for Mitchell. It- didn't surprise me, to be honest. It's a formation that he did use even in some big games in uh, in the Karaiskaki Stadium in the Champions League. Um, what can we say? I mean, let's let's look at the lineup. We were expecting Kostadinos Zolakis to start in goal. There was a lot of talk even before Thomas Vachlik's injury that Zolakis would be, would be starting in goal. He would get an opportunity. Thomas Vachlik's performance is... With the exception of the penalty shootouts against uh, against Bratislava and against Apollon Limassol, he's been a little bit shaky. And actually, if you do read the post that he put up on Instagram 
a couple of days ago, he revealed that actually he'd be playing with a shoulder injury for quite some time. So Vachlik looks set to be out for two to three months. Costadis Dralagis looked like he was going to get an opportunity anyway. He sat between the sticks today. Made one good save, actually. I think it was in the in the second half. Point, pretty much a point-blank header. Good reflex save. I think that was pretty much the only real opportunity that, uh, that Adromitos had where Dralagis was really called into action other than a couple of routine crosses that he came out uh, comfortably. So all in all, good news with uh, with Zolagis. In the meantime, it's been a while since we did the, we did a podcast, the last one that we did, we did with uh, friends from Door on Tour, the Nottingham Forest podcast. If you guys haven't checked that out already, there's been a lot of talk about the evolution of Olympiakos' relationship with Nottingham Forest over the summer, with Forest going up to the Premier League. A lot of similarities um, between the clubs, lots of transfers, uh, both teams still searching for identity. It was a really good pod- podcast uh, that we did the other day with uh, with Dave from the Door on Tour podcast. Go and check that out if you haven't already or whenever you get some time. Go and watch it. Have a listen. Um, good stuff. I was going to say, since the last time we did a podcast, a certain Alexandros Pascalakis signed for Olympiacos on a free transfer as well. It's been rumoured all summer. And finally, I think with the with the Vachlik injury the last few days, that one, that that chip was was cashed in easily. He's a 31 to 32-year-old goalkeeper, Greek international, has been with Balk for, for a few years, won the league with them a couple of years ago. I don't think we've yeah, we haven't weighed in on this, so I'm just gonna get into this real quick now. I think, yeah. A lot of people were pointing at Pascalakis' numbers last year, saying he was statistically, according to Opta, the worst keeper in the league. What I will say about Pascalakis is I think um, you know he's got a very good, very good frame, good body for a goalkeeper. He's tall. He does like to make his saves uh, look better than they are sometimes uh, because of that. Because you know how tall he is, he does look quite. Uh, he looks he looks exciting like when he makes a when he makes a good save. Don't forget, guys, this is also a player that was in our academy many, many years ago, a player that looked up to Dimitris Eleftheropoulos, a keeper that came out of the Olympiakos Academy. Um, my favourite keeper of all time, Olympiakos. I I do pick him over Nikopolidis. Sorry if that upsets some people. Eleftheropoulos was actually Pascalakis's coach at Panthrakikos some years ago. Anyway, long story short, uh, Pascalakis looks happy to be in in Piraeus. And for me, I think I, I like the fact that we're giving the opportunity to to Zolagis, uh, and um, and we've brought in experience uh, keeper like Pascalakis. If Pascalakis can play anything like he did the season that Balg won the league, then I think we've brought in a very good keeper. So that's I mean the rest, of course, we'll we'll see. We'll see on the pitch. Guys, I'm going to go straight to the comments, not forgetting any of you guys. Of course, Aguilos Goods. What are you guys keeping me company tonight? Huh? So just, you know, get your questions and your comments in and I'll be here at least for a good hour, good hour and a half to chat with you guys about all things Olympiacos, the game today, the game on Thursday, even we can talk about whatever you guys want. Everything goes, drop your comments 
into the chat. I will also drop the link later on for you guys to join. Yasu Aguile, Yasumano. Since I'm alone, guys, as well, even if you fancy coming on, speaking some Greek with me, do it. Uh, it's just, just me tonight. Uh, look at my eyes, DC. Another day, another ghost penalty for Banathanagos. Do you know what? I wasn't even watching that, mate, but I forgot to say, almost forgot to say, congratulations to the basketball team. Basketball season gets off to a great start. Even if it is the Amigli Super Cup, trophies a trophy, victory against your rivals, 67-52, I believe, the final score. That's Olympiakos' first trophy for the year against arch-rivals Panathinaikos. And I think that's 8-0 record now on the trot against Panathinaikos. Long may it continue. Uh, George Canvili says, after a long while, we saw the Olympiakos of old. Uh, we'll we'll get into that, mate. We'll get into that. Don't know if it's the Olympiakos of old, but certainly a pretty dominant performance. Uh, most importantly, just you know, clear scoreline, clean sheet as well, guys. Clean sheet. It's been it's been a while, and we'll we'll talk about the defence as well. This is a topic that we've been talking about all summer. Uh, look at my eyes. This is I didn't like a lot of being in Versailles today. Uh, it was looking like they were not playing at all. Aguilo says Versailles lost his pace. His abilities have fallen. What else we got? Good evening, Fiscardo. Yes, First DT by the Chicken Rabbits for this year. Olympiagos. Uh, hello, Costa. Hello, Book. I hope you're well. Volos of Mr. Major of Monaco is the surprise of the league. What did Volos do today? I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't checked in, guys. Not, not that I really care what Volos did, but anyway. Cerveros says, "Great day tonight. Victory of Adromidos and victory over Vasilos for the basketball super cup." Yes, exactly. Smiles, smiles on our faces. We, we can smile a bit, guys. Like, seriously, it's been, it's been pretty miserable. It's been a bit negative. It's been a difficult summer. Finally, today, I, I at least felt like we had something to smile about today, honestly. And and I said, we, we'll get into the match a little bit more and talk about the players that, that were on there. Uh, thank you, Mano. <laughs> Mano says, best red and white channel. Says, Kerveros, Yasu Filemu. Oh, and uh, I believe, what is this, 2-0 against the mighty Aris. That's uh, Volos, is it? Okay. Well, Alan Pardew finding out that the Greek league can be complicated. Eh? Anyway, let's get back to the game today. Keep your comments coming in, guys. I'll keep reverting back to the chat. So we said 4-4-2. We talked about the keeper situation. Um, at the back... Rabchuk returns on the left. A lot of talk about Rabchuk. I don't agree with... Uh, I mean, yeah, I, we, we, we've talked about Rabchuk and the fact that he's been running to the ground. Um, I think I think some fans are really taking it a step too far uh, with, with Oleg. I think that the fact that he didn't go with his national team did him some good. He did... Uh, he did get... Some rest. He looked a bit more fresh today. Could have had a, could have had an assist for Bakambu, who uh, who headed 
with power down into the ground, but it was too close to the keeper. Jan Jodis made a really good reflex save. I think that was around the, the 30th minute. Uh, Oleg made one of those darting runs and a ball over the top found him. And uh, he made a nice cross into Bakambu. And generally, like I thought Oleg was much, much, much better than what we've seen in the last few games. Uh, offensively, he looked uh, he looked like he got a rest like, the last couple of weeks. It was good that he didn't go go off with his national team. Do I want to keep seeing Oleg as our starting left back? No, guys, I don't. Um, I watched a bit of the Israel game the other day where with where Leidner played. I want to start seeing this kid play for us as well. Marcelo was on the bench today, so we might start seeing Marcelo get some game time soon. So I think you know it's good that Oleg finally feels a bit of a fire up his ass as well. It's good that he got a rest. On the other side as well, I thought Vasalko had a good game. What do you guys think? Uh, we talked about it with the guys in our group chat, and, and this is always relative to what we've seen from Vasalko so far. So I'm not saying he had an amazing game, but he played 90 minutes, played the whole game, and he looked uh, he looked solid, pretty solid at the back. Made some good good interventions, good tackles, got forward a few times, and um, I I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, this is I'm not going to lie, guys. Uh, when he took the decision to retire from the Croatian national team, you felt like the writing's pretty much on the wall. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share another little story with you guys. Some of you may know this. Some of you may um may may think what i'm saying is stating the obvious but when we talk about Vesalko, this is a player that essentially gave his knees for the croatian national team what was it the the world cup where they got to the final was it against france he was playing with an injection every game every game that tournament he played with injection so this guy we, we we've talked about his injury history we we all know this is this is this is it with this player. Right? So I hope that today was the start of you know uh, let's say a fresh start for him. The Greek league is not the fastest paced league in the world. Let's hope that he can build some sort of fitness moving forward uh, via the Greek league, and we can see more of him and better performances as well, defensively and offensively as well but i think uh i think for me vasalko had a good game today um agilos good saying vasalko was decent defensively and offensively but some touches were heavy yep there was one incident in the second half i think he he was involved in build up and he managed to get himself into the box and he tried to he had an opportunity either to take it on his left foot and take a shot but he went to chip the ball past the defender get to the byline and make a cross from inside the penalty box. And he, he ended up kind of chipping it too far ahead of him. Couldn't get, couldn't get there. And yeah, he lost the ball. So hopefully that's a sign of more, you know, more positive and more good things to come from Versalco moving forward. And guys defensively at the, the center back pairing. Now we did a poll on Twitter the other day. We asked people, um, you know who's our who's our best centre back pairing, and things have changed a lot at centre back. It seems uh, Manolas gone to the United Arab Emirates, uh, Bar injured for more than a couple. I think at least a couple of weeks he's going to be out. 
Retzos injured. Basically, the only two centre-backs we had available today were Socrates Papastathopoulos and, um, and Pape Abusise. And guys, we've talked about the fact that we haven't had a steady centre-back pairing for a really long time. You want to know what the last steady centre-back pairing we had was? It was Cissé and Socrates from the beginning of last season. Then we started tinkering a lot post-December, January 2022. But Socrates Cissé was the centre-back pairing that started last season in the Europa League games against uh, against uh, Antwerp at home the games against Fenerbahce, that was our centre-back pairing. Socrates started the season with two injuries. So he went, he travelled to Austria, got injured, day one, setback. He's not the youngest person in the world either. He's got a fairly heavy frame. He's not as light as light-footed as he was. Um, so I think Socrates and Cissé have some chemistry. They know each other. They've played with each other quite a few games already. They look comfortable today. Can't say they were really tested that much, but but then again, for based on what we've seen all season, I think this is one of the steadiest performances we've seen of a centre-back pairing uh, to date, at least for this 2022-2023 season. So, we don't really have many choices going into the Carabag game. I see some of you are already asking me about Carabag. That's going to be a totally different proposition to the, the game that we, we played today. And we can talk a little bit about that later on in the show. But again, I think it's just positive, guys, that we have a clean sheet at the back. When's the last time? When's the last time we kept a clean sheet? I struggle. I struggle to remember. And also just good to see finally, you know, after going 1-0 up, we didn't eat a goal and then have to, you know, just get anxious about scoring that second to kill off the game or finish the game even. We we did it. We did it today. And honestly, it could have been more than more than two goals. I mean, let's have it right. Let's have a look at the story of the game today. We've basically, and let me just pull up the, the stats. We've got 53% possession in the first half, 11 shots on goal, five shots on target. We've hit the post as well. We've missed the penalty. El Arabi's missed the penalty today. And then right after, Masuras gets a chance, hits the post. And you're just, you're thinking, or at least it went through my mind today, is like, oh God, it's going to be one of those days where Andreas Yagnotas comes to Karaiskagi and, you know, just saves everything. And you're thinking, oh, for God's sake. Luckily, it wasn't. Okay. Got another penalty. And generally, we, we looked like it, sh- it should have been more. It should have been three or four. It could have been three nil going into the going into halftime. I'm I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Coach Mitchell's chiming into the chat. Are you not entertained? I wonder if that's our good friend from from Australia. Hello, mate. Thanks for thanks for chiming in. So, so yeah, guys, I mean, that, that was the, the story of the first half going in, at, you know, 1-0, like I said, could have been more. And then the second half, we we, we finally did it, you know, Bakambu. We're, we're, let's talk about Cedric Bakambu. A lot of people start getting a lot of text during the first half and saying, oh, what's, 
what's Mitchell's idea? Like, why are we just is is his uh are his instructions just to throw the ball in over the top and because uh, because we did that quite a lot today. Uh, Adromidos they came in with a fairly high line against us, and you saw in in Bam Huang and Villa a lot of our players looking for Bakambu to play off the off the off the last defender. Bakambu was 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 running in behind, making darting runs. Uh, Rabchuk was making overlaps. Masuras was making those diagonal runs. So there was a lot of situations in the first half where we had balls going in over the top. And when you've got a player like Bakambu, Bakambu's just honestly, guys. I think this. I think this player when he's fit, <laughs> Yanni, stick around, stick around. Giveaway, giveaway results coming soon. Let me just finish on this note about Bakambu and we'll do the giveaway. Okay, guys. I think this striker is going to terrorise group defences when he's fully fit. Honestly, like when we were talking in the summer about a striker and we were talking about El Arabi, his age, the, the size of his contract, like whether he's worth that money at his age, does he have more to give? Should the club have... Um, you know, already identified his replacement. Was it right to resign him? Was it not? Blah blah blah. Yada yada. If you talk to any of us on the podcast, all of us, even you, I mean, all the fans, I think nobody, nobody forgets what El Arabi's contributed to this club. He's top scorer of Olympiacos in European competitions, historic. Not the same striker that was here two years ago. So you see flashes of brilliance like uh, like we did for the first goal, leading up to the first goal, where he chipped the ball over a, a midfielder and played a lovely ball into Bakambu, who then goes and wins the penalty. Um but but I wanted to see I want to see a, a striker at Olympiacos that has pace, that has energy, that can run at defenses, that can run in behind. I think in Europe it's so important as well. And it's you know, sadly, Bakambu can't play in Europe. But I think this is a signing for for the long term as well. He's not the oldest. I think he's, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's 30 years of age. Um, I think he brings a different dimension up front for us. And with, with El Arabi in a 4-4-2, I, I'm not surprised if we're going to see more of this moving forward um, in the Greek League in particular. Now, okay, a lot of you are clamoring for the giveaway. So, all right, let's do this one more time. This is what the lucky winner is going to get. Marcelo jersey, number 12. And guys, don't forget, I'm just going to repeat what Mitchell said. I know there's all this craze about, uh, about Marcelo, but like Mitchell said, in the uh, press conference the other day. It's not the name and the number on the back. It's the emblem on the front. Okay. Just remember that. Now, let's go. I'm going to find the video. And giveaway announcement is coming right now. And there you have it. The lucky winner 
is Mr. Marcos Sayas. Marco, congratulations. You're the winner of our giveaway. Thank you very much. I don't know if you're watching, Marco. Marco, if you're watching, get it, get in, get in here. I'm gonna drop the link one more time. Whoever wants to join, Marco, if you're there, come and say hello, mate. I can't can't give you can't give you the t-shirt via the internet, but I will send it via post. Scarteria sto Marco. One more time, Marco. This is yours. Marco Sayas, Marcelo Jersey, coming your way. We'll be in touch via Instagram and you can send us your address and we'll make sure that you get your uh, you'll get your jersey. Guys, there were a lot of people, a lot of people that, uh, you know, wanted that jersey. A lot of you that participated in the giveaway. Sorry, we only had one to give. Sorry, only one person can be lucky enough to win to win the jersey but we will be back with more giveaways in the future i do promise that stick with us um if you're new don't forget to like and subscribe or even if you're you know coming back or watching us hit that like button guys help to get the episode out to more olibiagos fans around the world do a quick shout out to our sponsor as well BetUS. If you're a betting man, you can use our code gate7intl at betus.com.pa. If you use our code, you'll get 125% boost on your first deposit. So if you put 100 euro, 100 dollar on the account, you'll get an extra 125 euro or dollar on your um, on your account to place your bets. So gate7intl. That's at betus.com.pa for those of you that like to do a bit of betting it's more congratulations now for our basketball team eight and oh against Panathinaikos. that's right that's right i'm gonna keep reminding oh, i don't know if Panathinaikos fans watch this show this show is open to to everyone I'm not gonna lie of course we're on the biagos channel hi costa just joined Probably you spoke already about the game. I'll watch it later. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, buddy. We're still we're getting through the game, mate. Uh, pretty much like talking about talking about the players, how the game went. Talked a bit about Bakambu, <laughs> Aguila. Sorry, uh, heart beating like crazy. Sorry you didn't get the giveaway this time, mate. Fiscardo says Imbom was once more fantastic. Pleasure to watch him. Ah, yes, mate. Um, it's one of those players he came a, a lot of our players they came back from international duty with with niggly injuries some more serious than other James Rodriguez couldn't play today uh, there was talk about even Imbom not being able to play but we saw him play almost uh, almost 90 minutes Samaseku came on in stoppage time I think uh, Imbom went down with cramps I think it's, don't think it's anything serious um, just, I mean, the guys, the guys gone to to Seoul and played two games, two ninety minute games. I think it is with with South Korea, and he's played ninety minutes today with us. So, um, I hope, I hope he, yeah, he needs some rest. Big game coming up on on Thursday against against Karabag, of course. But but yeah, it's uh, it's a different team when he's on the pitch for me. Really, he he's so calm and collected on the ball. 
And you know what? The scary thing is, I don't think that he's even close to 50%. Uh, I still think he's got so much more to give. Think about it. Like, this team hasn't gelled. We're, we're in October, and no, I think I think we still have a lot more to see from, from Imbom Huang. I think we're only beginning to see flashes. But you can, I mean, when you're a player with that kind of ability, you can already have such a great impact. So I'm I'm super excited. I just, you know, guys, if you've got any wood around you, like knock on wood, keep your fingers crossed that this guy keeps fit because he really is for me, I think, one of the one of the best players on our team. And everyone everyone will look at James Rodriguez, everyone will look at Marcelo when those guys are fit. I hope they they get fully fit soon as well. And you know, this team will really start to look different. That's the hope we all have. Um I I'm fed up of I'm fed up of being negative this season. There there were it it was hard. It was hard for everyone this summer. But we this is me speaking. We have to look forward. We have to look forward, not backwards. A lot of mistakes were made over the summer. We've talked about them on this show many, many times with you guys. We haven't hidden behind any of that. Um, but I want to look forward, not backwards. Good signs from Mitchell today. Mitchell understands how to win games in Greece. And I think he showed that today. Um, it's early days, but but we said like these these games this month is is super important. Wins are important, like performances are important, but maybe right now wins are more important because wins will give the confidence to the team, and it, it's massive. It's much more today than than winning a super league game and you know trying to close the gap between us and the top. But going into the game on Thursday, a lot of you already, you know, asking my thoughts about the game on Thursday. Massive, massive boost to get a win today. And uh, like I said, Thursday's a different proposition against a really, really good team. Champions in their country. Um, we'll see. I, um, I'm very happy to announce that I am no longer going to be hosting this show by myself. But... Marshall is here. Bienvenue. Hi. What's up? How are you? I'm I'm fine and you? I'm good. I'm good. I was saying to the fans today that I think finally we can smile a little bit. Like yes. we can allow we can allow ourselves to smile. Not just because the basketball team won uh, against Panathinaikos, but because in the football we've seen we've seen a pretty good performance. We've seen a clean sheet at the back. And hopefully um, the players take confidence into the next game against Karabag and the future games in the league. But um, I've I've given some of my thoughts about the game already. Um, I've started talking about players individually going through the lineup. Um, share with me like your thoughts of the game, like how you feel. What did you think of the lineup? Like, were you expecting four four two? Like, what are your what are your thoughts? I think that uh, we can we can see that Mitchell knows how to win those games uh, in Super League because 
it's it's not, I, I won't say it's a ma- it's not a matter of tactics, but I think it's more something uh, mental in the end. Like when I saw the lineup, I I knew that the, we we are going we were going to win the game like not easily, but more easily than we saw under Corberan uh, against Ionicos or against Pasianina, for example, because um, when you're at Romitos and you see a 4-4-2 with Bakambu and El Arabi, you know that you are going to be in trouble because those are two very prolific strikers. And we have seen that uh, even if uh, El Arabi is close to the end, I think, at Olympiacos, but him and Bakambu together, like they basically destroyed the uh, Atromitos defense. So this is something I really enjoyed, like seeing Olympiacos playing as the, the strong team, because we are the strongest team in this in this league. So we have to play like this in every game and especially on those games that that are must win games in the league. And this is the thing that Mitchell can bring to this team because he this is the he knows what Olympiacos matters in this league. He knows how to handle those kind of players, and I think it will make a difference with Corberan uh, on the Greek league because in Europe it's totally different because it doesn't have the, the same players. Some of them are, are out of the list, but as you say, it's it's the day it's a day where when we can smile as Olympiacos fan because it's a clear win, and I don't see any. Uh, bad points today, apart maybe of El Arabi injury, but apart of that, everything is uh, is positive today. Yeah, that's right. It's something we haven't talked about yet. Um, Youssef El Arabi came off at halftime. There was nothing said, but um, now it has been reported that he has a he has an injury, a lateral ligament on his knee looks like a strain and he's going to miss at least a couple of games, but he's getting an MRI tomorrow and we'll know more for certain, I guess, tomorrow late in the afternoon, evening. And that is, it's not, it's not great to, to lose your, your striker like that. Um, somebody you're paying so much money for, but um, I think, yeah, somebody, Somebody asked earlier in the in the chat today about why why didn't BL play today? I can't remember who asked the question. Anyway, this was definitely a reaction that I had when I first I think all of us when we saw the lineup today, we thought, oh, that's interesting. BL's not there. But then I I, I said earlier, Marshall, that the 442 didn't surprise me because 442 is something that, that Mitchell used quite often in his previous stint as well, particularly when we played at the Karaiskaiki. Um, I expected BL to get some minutes during the course of the game, but I feel like I feel like Mitchell's and this is this might be complete bu- bullshit, but I feel like Mitchell in his talk to the players, he may have said to them, like, that, that there's obviously a lot of players at the training ground. And he, he, he said to everyone, you're all going to get your chance. As many, as many players that are there, you're all going to have your chance to play. Because, let's be honest, he has a different set of players that he can play in Europe and a different set of players that he use in Greece. He 
He can't play Bakambu in Europe. He can't play Samaseku in Europe. He can't play Agibu Kamara in Europe. He played all those players today. And Biel, you want to have Biel on uh, like full cylinders, 100% in that game on Thursday, because that game on Thursday will define whether we have any future in the Europa League or whether we have any future in Europe whatsoever come uh, come January, come 2023. And I make a prediction now, we may even see BL up front as a fake nine. That's how he played for Copenhagen last season. And with El Arabi out, who do we have? We've got AK-47. But for yeah. me... For me, it's not really an option. I would go with Biel up front on Thursday. Yeah, me, me too. And uh, what you are saying is, it, it looks like like Olympiacos basketball team uh, the the last two seasons, if I'm if I'm right, like with a team playing in the league and another one playing uh, in the Euro League. And this is something very difficult for a manager to to handle because. Obviously, players like Bakambu, they all want to play in Europe, like same for Hames, stuff like that. But yeah. it's also part of the job to be able to win those games. And as you say, uh, this game against Karabag is the 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 it's the the most important uh, game for us because I've watched Nantes play tonight today in the French league, and they are close to. Um, to going into the relegation zone. So I, I don't really understand what happened in this first game, but this is not a team that we can allow to be top of, of us in the group. So we definitely need four points against Karabag, and I think it will be enough for the, for the third point because I don't, need, I don't see not taking any points against uh, Freiburg. And maybe Beal as a fake as a fake nine has to be the answer, uh, because you 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 can't use Kamara as a starter in a European game this season. It's not possible. And yes, I'm going to turn off this slide because I see that it's terrible. Sorry. <laughs> I I can't see I can't see a world in which. Um... In which, uh, what's his name, Abu Bakar Kamara starts on Thursday. I just can't, I just can't see it. And there's no other option. So I think, I, I hope, I hope BL starts up front on uh, on Thursday. I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't seen Karabag play. But even without seeing them play, just some, watching some highlights, I mean, this is it's it's a team, it's a unit. They play together. They know how to play, so it's not going to be, it's not going to be an easy game. But but again, like this this entire group, if we had this group some years ago, we'd be laughing metaphorically. Say, okay, this is a group from which we can we can qualify and. Karabag's a team that Olympiacos should be beating when Olympiacos plays like Olympiacos. And you do hope that, again, Mitchell kind of gives that confidence, you know, that aura 
like to the players to go out and we have some luck and we pick up some points. Because if we pick up points against Karabag, it's all to play for against Nantes on the, I think it's the 3rd of November at the Karaiskaki. So that's, you know, whether we're playing for Europa League, whether we're playing for conference, it doesn't matter. The last game, the last game against Nantes, we need to be having something to to play for. Can yeah, I... Because- Go because if I can add something, is not as a, as a lot of issues when it comes to away games. Like uh, they conceded like two goals in the first five minutes today in Monaco, and this is a, a, a huge weakness of this team going to play a, a, away, and especially in this kind of game in Greece for the first time in Europe since twenty years. Uh, they base they did a terrible game uh, in Karabakh because they just don't know how to play away game in Europe yet because this this the squad they have qualified by winning the cup it does not mean that it's it's, it's a squad that knows how to play European games like they don't have a lot of quality players so I think that five points uh, for Olympiacos would be enough to be third of the group uh, four points against Karabag and maybe one against not it, it could be a game that we just in which we did, we just need a draw to go through if we do the job against Karabag. So I, I hope so, because if Mitchell's, if Mitchell uh, 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 managed to, to get a, a good dynamic in Greece and saving something from Europe, uh, the second half of the season could be, could be fantastic. With, with all the players you have, maybe some cuts in the squad. Yeah. I mean, with, with with the cuts in the squad, it's not really clear, is it? I mean, I think I think the only thing that's clear is that Andrutos, uh, Kutris, Yanis Masuras, um, Kenny Lala, th- those those four have been cut for sure. It was uh, in- uh, uh, yeah. He, he said, Michel, I I read he said that he he relies on Greek players. So if we see. Uh, we saw today Vrusai on the lineup, so maybe Kutris or Andrusos can play some Super League games. Uh, the players a... I, I see not not being in the club uh, from January are the, the loans, like uh, De La Fuente, uh, maybe Bowler on Wijo or Wijo, because with the with the aimant of foreigners in the squad, uh, cancel the loans seems the easiest solution to me. Apart from other departures on the squad, like, for example, maybe El Arabi, maybe Kamara, I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting take. I mean, I guess... I think there's a lot to be said about Mario Vrusai starting the game today. Um, but we haven't really seen much, if anything, from from Bowler or uh, Conrad de la Fuente since they came. N- not that, you know, Josh Bowler in particular, he was just kind of thrown in. You know, he came and he was thrown into a game in Greece. I think one of the games that you guys watched, Ionikos, and then uh, he was thrown into the European games, even at Nantes. I think he came on. He came on again. He, was, he started the game against Freiburg. But, you know, normally, like, I mean, Pedro Martins would have never thrown him in like that 
who'd tried to, you know, integrate him into the team. Not that there was really much to integrate Josh Bowler into in terms of actually having a team. Uh, that's still work in progress. But, um, yeah, I think um, you've seen a clear signal there from Mitchell with him leaving them out. Uh, Vrusai, for me, was disappointing today, particularly first half. He just looked... He just looks like he's he's not a hundred percent like ready to put his feet in, you know, where it's a 50-50 ball. Uh, he put in a nice cross for Bakambu yeah. in the second yeah, half. Bakambu should have scored. It was a very nice cross he put in. But besides that, I can't remember anything from him today. Um yeah, it's not it's not enough to be an Olympiaco starter, uh, no. in my opinion, even in the Super League. But uh, yeah, I think it, the the it's sad to say that, but uh, I don't really understand why Rondrilovic left because as much as we hate this guy, but in this kind of game, is the is the kind of players that knows how to score like the the, the situation that. Gary had at the end that, that was saved on the line. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the kind of situation he has to... Rondelovic knew how to end that. And he, he left because he was the only one that was wanted abroad. But if it's to see Vrusai on the lineup, then just keep Rondelovic. And you, you mentioned Bowler, and I totally agree with you because he was throwing on the on the mess that was Olympiacos at that time. And this kind of player, uh, they need like one goal on the first start or one goal, one assist or something like that, you know, to win the, to win the attention of the coach because we all, we all see De La Fuente missing two clear situations against Volos. And you knew it was over for him for that point because he is a foreigner, so he's probably the first choice when it comes to cut a players on the, the squad list to make room for another for for another foreigner. So it's it's how it works in Olympiacos. Same for Weijo Wong uh, as a striker. If you don't score in the first in the first five game, you're basically cut from the club. Uh, so and I'm glad Bakambu scored a brace today because. Uh, it shows that he can bring a lot of things to the club and also for his confidence, it's, it's good because he didn't score a lot of goals in Marseille uh, in his last game. So he needs to score. He scored twice today and I'm pretty sure he will skyrocket the, the, the best scorer timetable of the season. Yeah. Now, uh, do you know I, what about... I think you're. I think you're bang on with what you said about Bowler and, and Wijo Huang. Uh, when you come into a club like Olympiacos, or sorry, rather De La Fuente and uh, Wijo Huang, yeah, it, uh, it's sad, sad but true. And it wouldn't be the first time that we see players that <laughs> players that have come in get cut early. And I mean, we've already we've already seen it with Zinconago, which you know we've. I think I think all of us agree that that was a terribly terribly mismanaged uh, situation with him but but anyway I was I was saying just before you joined Marshall that I don't want to look back anymore I just want to look forward um, when it comes when it comes to the season I think that we've uh, 
we've said everything that we wanted to say in terms of you know what's gone wrong and you know dare i say who's to blame and and all of those things um but hopefully today is hopefully today is the beginning of something something new i i do want to bring up a comment for you from from fiscardo who's asking about his transfer status but he came in on a free right and he yes. signed a two-year two deal it's not alone it's it was it was uh um i don't know the, i don't remember the word it was released it yeah was it released. was released true you said that it, it was released by marseille because it was close to be the the highest earner of the club so they wanted to get rid of him because he didn't fit in the ego students uh ego to their playing playing style so he had to left and Olympiacos was the only solution for him, I guess, at the time. So, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I was sure before, before today that it, it would go. In, it would be a, a top signing for Olympiacos, just like El Arabi was when he came, but in a better situation because he come, he's coming from the French league, and we saw today he could have scored a hat trick maybe with more accuracy uh, in his shoots. So. Like the way he's claiming the ball, the, his physical abilities. We all know that in the Greek league, in 80% of the game, he will have three or four situations each game. Yeah, no, he's um, he's the player. He's the kind of player that I I wanted to see come in the summer. Someone with pace, someone physical, just yeah, you know, somebody that, with energy. And, and like you said, you just you, you see it with him. He's he's got a like for the Greek league. He's got a good touch, and he's played. He's played in Spain most more recently in League One. Yeah. So I think you, again you, you're spot on. It's like El Arabi, but coming from a different like a higher level than than what El Arabi was playing when he came the first season. So I think. He's a player that's not 100% fit. You saw him go down with cramps at the end, uh, right after he scored the second goal, and he had to come off. So I think I think it's a striker that could really terrorise the Greek league True. when he's fit. Um, exactly. so, so it's one of those situations now where, I mean, he, he's come in on a free, but um, yeah, we would have liked to get him earlier, but it is what it is, and hopefully it's one of those one of those transfers that really makes a difference in terms of uh, helping us get to where we need to get to in the league, which is obviously back at back at the top, of course. There's some more interesting comments here, like Agulos is uh, quite optimistic, says, I believe Olympiagos will get result from every game in Europe that's left, whether it's a win or a draw, we'll see. Um, another thing, guys, for those of you watching live right now, I've put a question into, or rather a poll into the, the chat. Who was your man of the match today? Uh, I think it's pretty much between two players, guys. Uh, I, I gave a little shout out to Vesalco earlier because I thought he had a, a, a much, much improved performance compared to previous games. Uh, but I really think it's between Bakambu and, uh, and Huang. And it seems that most of you... I think everyone agrees, actually. It's between Bakambu and Huang. Right now, 46% of you voting Bakambu, 50, 53 now uh, voting Huang. If you haven't voted yet, 
just click Bakambu, Huang, Vasalko or other. Let us know who your man of the match was. And uh, Marshall and I will weigh in at the end when we do our man of the match coaches grade. I think it has to be Wong because uh, it would be logical to say Bakambu because he scored it twice. But when you love football you ho- you also have to to give credit to the, to the midfielders you know they don't score goals but they are so so important for the team and i really hope like Huijo can play back to game back to back games uh in october because this is probably the hardest month of the season with so many games to play and we definitely need him uh right now because he wasn't there in Nantes. He wasn't there against Freiburg. Uh, and we all saw the difference uh, in the midfield because yeah. Kunde, uh, it's, it's, he's okay, but he's, he's quite disappointing. And when the midfield uh, is made of M. Villa and, and Huang, it's clearly not the same. It's probably the, 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 the best pair we have had since a lot, since a lot of time. Uh, because like he, he just so smart, he, 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 he knows he knows everything. Like he can uh, pass the ball, he can dribble, he can win back the ball, he can do everything. Where do you like? I said earlier before you joined. I don't. I think the scary thing with him is that I don't think he's close to 60 percent right now. Like what what we see on the pitch. But it's scary to think because, like you said, all of us, like ever since he he played against Apollon in Cyprus, he had an impact. Yeah. But I feel I feel like we have so much more to see from him. I, I I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that he's not he's not a hundred percent jailed into the team. He's not hundred percent fit. He was tired today. He also went down with cramps. It's scary yeah. to think what this guy is going to do when he's when he's a hundred percent and when the team's clicking. Yeah. I remember uh, when the the news came came that we are going to sign uh, in Beom. I, I I rushed to YouTube to watch some highlights and I was like, but what what is what is this player? Because he was passing, he was dribbling, he was creating, he was doing everything and. Yeah, you you mentioned the first game you played in Cyprus, and the first the first touch of a player never lies. Like you 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 know is is going to to be so good, and it just needs time. And if he's able to play like eighty percent of the game in Euro, in October, and if the club gets some results, it, it can change everything, both for him and both for the club. And same applies for players like James, like Marcelo, like Bakambu. There, there is no way it's not, it's not going to work. If it's not going to work in Europe, it will work in the league because I've watched some clips of the Panathinaikos Power games today. And okay, Panathinaikos is the main, the main threat this season, but if we play like we play today with a 4-4-2 against Park, for example, they have some a lot of weakness in defense. And just a clear win in a derby, for example, would change everything, I guess. 
Yeah, and I, I've um, I've only just seen the final score in Duba that they've won two one. Yeah. Um, okay. But I mean, the, the thing that I've said about them this season is that I think they do have a, a solid team that they've added pieces to. But if a couple of their players get injured, a couple of their key players, then then I think they start to have to have problems. I, I, I mean, you can say the same about us. But if Juan gets injured, we're not. I don't. We're not the same team, are we? We're not the same team. I mean, for Europe, for sure. Like in Greece, maybe you can cover it somewhat. But he really is like. Is that there's one player for me that you don't want to get injured or that you don't want to play without? It's him. Right, right now, he's so he's so important to how we play. Yeah. The, the, that that's that's really he's he's the guy he's the guy for us yeah yeah because in europe this is the quality you see immediately like uh uh i remember when i was in uh in Nantes and i i i saw the performance of kirivela you know the midfielder of Nantes, the former liverpool player and it yeah. was so good uh because this is when you t- when you you're close to the pitch, you can see that very clearly because the the midfield for Olympiakos was Buhalakis and Kunde, and you saw like clearly how they lacked uh, technical level uh, passing abilities. And Kirivela, it was so good, and basically I was just watching him play like long balls, short balls, uh, cutting passes, win back the ball and stuff like that. And Wong. Is the kind of player you go to the stadium to see. Like, you pay tickets for players like that because it's both for the player he is and also because of the man. He is like he's very respectful. He gives everything for the club. Uh, he knows what Olympiacos as a whole means for the fans, for the country in Europe and stuff like that. And I think it's he settled quite quickly in Olympiacos compared to other players. Like they don't seem, to, for example, players like De La Fuente, they don't seem to realize what is really Olympiacos. Even if you're disappointing to come to Greece uh, so young because you wanted probably to do a, a career abroad. Uh, Wong, he, he, he just quickly set on the, settled on the team and it makes me optimistic for the future, even if he's quite injury prone or at least nox prone, if I can say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think heart went in mouth when we saw him go down today. If he, yeah. he was cramping, but but yeah, like I said to everybody, guys, knock on wood. Uh, I think let let's stop talking about Huang. Uh, I don't want him to get injured. <laughs> Seriously, um, what else have we got to talk about? I mean, now people are starting to talk already about the the, the Carabag game coming up, of course. Uh, just to clarify something, guys, because this has been brought up in the chat about Pascalagis. Pascalagis is in the UEFA list. So because Vachlik is injured for more than 30 days, yeah, there is a special UEFA rule made for goalkeepers. If a goalkeeper that's been that's on the list is injured for more than 30 days, then uh, the club can make a replacement. So Pascalagis is in the UEFA list. Now, as we said earlier, Zolagis has been given the the shirt 
right now to be our number one in Vachlik's um, in Vachlik's place while he's out. So I, I suspect Jolagis will start that game against Karabag and maybe uh, maybe this is a, an exercise that we can do before um, before we finish tonight tonight Marshall is try and try and think about the lineup for the game on Thursday. Uh, it's very very early but uh, but before we do that, Anything else that you want to talk about? about yes, game? just one last thing. Uh, I think uh, Vaklik's injury uh, could be a, a massive turning point for Olympiakos because uh, because Tzolakis, uh has a tremendous potential. That's first thing. Second thing is we know that the goalkeeper position is very specific like you don't change the goalkeeper every game you don't change the number one like that because uh it's not only about level it's only about it's also about psychology and stuff like that but with Vaklik injury like Mitchell has the opportunity to give Tzolakis like 10 games maybe eight 10 games and if uh, the club gets result on this period with a good Tzolakis uh I, I don't see him being uh, coming back as a number two because Vaklik is running out of contract in June. I think Pashalakis would accept to be number two because number two in Olympiakos, you, you could play like 10 games a season. It's not that bad. And uh, having a goalkeeper being Greek, being young, we know that this is a position that you can sell, sell a player for good money in Europe because this is how the market is. And I think it could be a very huge turning point for, for Olympiakos because some condition some condition are re- reunited to see Tzolakis playing back-to-back games for the first time maybe since he came from, uh, into the first team. That's the thing I, w- I wanted to add. Before. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't I don't think that we can really judge from today's performance. Um, he made he made a good save on that header. But it was, I mean, it, it was comfortable for him. I think like the save that he made, you know, the one I'm talking about, like the header in the second yeah, yeah. half. It, it was a good save. But again, looking at the replay, it's like, yeah, it's a save that he should be making. It was a good save. True. True. Uh, and then otherwise, like he looked pretty comfortable coming out for for crosses. That, that's been the, the main thing with, with Vachlik, isn't it? It's just... We talked about this on the show before that if you're the opposing team and you're the manager and you've watched us play and you've seen the keeper, you just say, cross the ball, cross the ball into the six yard box. The keeper's not coming. And you just say, just just get bodies into the box. And we saw it so many times. And it... We we know we know how Olympiacos and how Olympiacos fans can be, and you know on the one hand you have the same people that that um, that say oh Olympiacos doesn't play any Greek players, Olympiacos doesn't trust the academy. Why don't we play academy players? And you know Dolakis might make one mistake and be like oh Dolakis is shit. Why is he playing? He's not good enough. He's not experienced. Yeah yeah yeah. It's like, yeah. So so we we need to kind of I I really think that. It's an opportunity, like like you said, to 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 bring an academy player like Dolakis through, 
And yeah. um, and with the injury and the options that we have at keeper, it's, 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 a, it's a massive opportunity for the player. Yeah. And you know the club better than me that we there is like so many opportunity that like that before that that happened for for a lot of players uh, because it's either uh, an injury or it's either uh, a crisis at the club that forces the coach to play young players. But for the goalkeeper, it, it has to be an injury because you don't just sideline someone like Vaklik like that, even with all the, the, the warnings it can show on the, on the pitch, because it wasn't that bad. So you can just not sideline him without him being injured. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we were saying like there was talk in the press that it, 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 even, even before the injury that the Dolagis would, would start this game. Um, but but okay. In the end, things happened as they've happened, and and now Costa Dizdolag is is seemingly number one for Olympiacos going into the rest of the season. And I really I really do probably speak for all Olympiacos fans that, in saying that we really hope it does it does work out for him. And uh, yeah, massive massive game on on Thursday for Olympiacos and uh, and Zolagis. The last time Zolagis had back-to-back games was last season in the qualification. Ludogorets and um, and before that against Baku. He played all those games. But that was that was during the summer. And now this is after the transfer window's finished uh, and there's not another big name keeper coming in. So it really is over to him now. Thank you for the super sticker, Stavros Fassbender. Much appreciated, uh, my friend. What else have we got? Um, Nolan says, what about the centre-back that got called up to the first team? Also, what happened to Kalo Europoulos? Why is the other young centre-back getting called up over him? Um, as far as I know, Kalo Europoulos had a pretty nasty injury last season that kept him out for a while, and uh, he's slowly been getting back into the thick of things. So that injury set him back quite a lot. Uh, we also know that Pedro Martins wasn't really one to give opportunities easily to, to young players. And I mean, we saw that when we were 21 points ahead in the league and <laughs> he still wasn't giving opportunities to, to young players. Um, the other guy, Chrysopoulos, is somebody that we signed in beginning of September from Aris. And... Uh, Apparently, Coach Mitchell liked what he sees, um, and he gave him a chance the other day in the friendlies, training with the first team. I don't know. Um, let's see. Galogeropoulos. Uh, it's been over over two almost two seasons now. We haven't seen him in in the first team, so I don't know. Hopefully, he gets some good game time in the B team, and he can get up to a level. Still young. I think he's uh, 17, 18 years of age. He made his debut at 16 with us, if I'm not mistaken. I could be I could be wrong, but anyway, not important. Man of the match, coach's grade. I think it's pretty easy in this one, isn't it, today? Man of the match. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. I don't think we need to say that anymore. <laughs> 
I think, yeah, but Bakambu for me, I think he does. I think you, you said it very eloquently earlier, Marshall. Um, often the, the goal scorer gets the plaudits, but if you look at the grand scheme of things, I think for me, for me, Huang's the man of the match. And looking at the votes as well, yeah, 52% for Huang, 48% for, for Bakambu from the fans. Uh, if you Guys, if you still haven't voted, your vote does count towards uh towards our man of the match we do count the man of the matches throughout the season and when we look at the end of the season at uh, mvp we do look at who who the fans voted man of the match who we voted man of the match so keep your votes coming into the into the chat there like and subscribe if you haven't done so already um i want to ask you one question before we talk carabag if you could go back in time, it's one of those questions. If you could go back in time, uh, after we sacked Pedro Martins, and you had two folders in front of you, one with Carlos Corberan and another folder with Micho Gonzalez, which one do you pick for your manager? It's, uh, it's an odd question because I would have picked uh, Corberan because I was uh, charmed, if I can say, say that, with the Heidi he was supposed to bring in Olympiacos. But the more rational choice would have been to hire, to hire Mitchell because uh, as much as he failed pretty much everywhere except Olympiacos, he somehow knows how to operate in this club uh, with the pressure, the fans, the the big squads. And this is, I think it's the only club where the past he has as a player, as a very big player of Real Madrid, can be helpful for him as a coach because it's, it's something that works in Olympiacos. Obviously, it does not work over one or two seasons, but it's just, it's just the, the kind of player... The choice would have been clever for Olympiacos if the plan was to bring players like James, like Marcelo, like the club did whole summer. You have to put Mitchell with a with a squad like that. Otherwise, I would have picked Corberan with a new way of operating. Like, okay, Modesto is gone, so we hire a new sports director and he tries to to sell some players and bring uh, players like Beal, like I don't know, like uh, even Bowler, like but just with a reduced squad to give Corberan the opportunity to, to uh, have B-team players and make the whole club going in one direction. But we all know what happened this summer. So if I had to do it again, I would choose Mitchell with the squad and with the summer we, we lived. Yeah, to be, to be fair, it's a nasty question, but it, I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, it's a question I thought about today. Just looking at, we we there there was something different. There was something different on the on the pitch today. Uh, but it is, I think, that the the question is difficult to answer because it you have to contextualize it. And yes. it's, it's like if you're there at the at the the time of choosing, like when we picked Corberan, you you think. Yeah, this is a good choice because you know it's a manager that uh, you know has 
he has potential. He he's done some good things, but but never at the level of Olympiacos. So that it's not without risk. But now, but now it's just like with with the help of foresight and you know knowing what we know, if we could go back in time, we should we yeah I probably would have said, okay, it's not time for experiments. It's time to go with a tried and tested method, someone yeah. we know, somebody that knows us. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you say you know hindsight is 2020 uh, but you can't you know you can't put, you can't go back in time which is why this th- these questions are always interesting just for <laughs> just for just for a bit of banter but but okay um it's we've been going over an hour and i think the last thing that we can do if you agree marshall do you want to try and think about the carabag game and what kind of lineup you think we could see on uh, on Thursday against Karabag. What do you think? Let's let's try and let's try and decipher a lineup here. Uh, I remember uh, Mitchell say that even in Europe, Olympiakos uh, has to play games uh, with another mentality, like willing to win uh, and being more uh, protagonist of the game. So I would have I would have bet on a four four two if. Uh, El Arabi wasn't injured, so it, I don't see Mitchell pairing Kamara with Beal as as striker. So I would say maybe four two three one. Maybe that is the the classic, the more classical lineup a coach can feel uh, right now. So I think there is no real uh, mystery on the defense. Like it probably will be Tsolakis with Versalco on the right. Uh, Rabchuk on the left and Socrates and Sisse as center backs. Yeah. Uh, and the midfield will be Envila and Huang uh, if both are, are okay. Uh, maybe I, I think Masuras will play. Masuras will play and maybe. He came off early today, didn't he? he yeah. Came off early, yeah. Uh, Masuras, and I, I wonder who will be the second uh, winger. Like, could be Gadi, maybe. Gadi. He does. I, he does some strange things sometimes. <laughs> I, I want. I, I want. Uh, not. 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 Not Rodriguez, but Mitchell. Like, I remember. I remember against Juventus, he played Kasami as a right winger in the the one nil victory. But I wonder. I wonder if he might play Avila. As a right winger against uh, against Carabao. I I I I don't know. Um, I feel like I feel like attacking. We he he gives us something more. Maybe maybe it's like when we signed Avila. I thought that he's the player that's going to be playing in Greece when we're playing against closed defenses because he he brings more in attack. And and Versalco is is stronger in in defense, and we'll need him in Europe. So I thought the way we would share that, that role would be like Avila playing Greece and and, and Versalco playing the European games. Uh, I don't know. That's just a crazy idea I have in my mind that maybe we might see Versalco and Avila on the wing. Otherwise, going back to what I said earlier, I think that the manager has in his mind very clear idea that I have two different squads that I can pick from. 
And I see there is a possibility that Kunde plays with Juan and uh, and Jan and Villa in the midfield. And then Biel up top. Masura's definitely on one of the wings. I I I didn't see from Gary Rodriguez today something that tells me start him to be just the, quite, just to the be, pace maybe but a part of that yeah yeah uh, I, I found out an interesting fact the other day Gary Rodriguez was teammates with uh, Adrian and Mitchell's son at Elche which I didn't okay. know so apparently they they know the player very well I, I I also I agree with you. I can't see uh, I can't see a four four two. I can't see I can't see Mitchell going four four two with Abu Bakar and Biel up front. I think I think it's too much of an ask. And uh, maybe if El Arabi was fit, it would have been four four two. Biel El Arabi up front, Juan and Villa Masuras. Is it? I don't know. Josh, well, Bowler, Josh Bowler, I, I can't see it. I can't. No. Doesn't he doesn't strike me as a Mitchell type of player? No, it's not either. Or well, maybe I think Valbuena could start as a ten. Maybe if Beal is a fast nine, um, I think Mitchell is the kind of guy that will rely probably a little bit more on Valbuena on big games. Maybe just a, just something I was wondering because. He came in like very early today, and I, I won't say it was a big game today, but it was kind of an, an important game. Yeah, and it, it's not something we we've seen under Martins last season because Valbuena wasn't playing those games, and not even with Corbelan. Even if he played a full game against Pasianina, I don't think he was the main option to be a ten. So in Europe, with James being out, with Fortunis being uh, out too. I don't really see who can be the ten or part of Albuena, maybe for sixty minutes and then come off from uh, for something for someone different because he's the kind of player that with a peak with a corner kick or a free, a free kick or even a, a clear pass like he did today for Vakambu. Yeah. We know that he can still assist in Europe, even if even if he's thirty eight years old. Yeah, and again, I honestly I don't know Karabag well enough to to speak and say whether Valbuena can cause big problems in in the opposition midfield. We're going to try and get somebody to do a match preview to learn a bit more about Karabag. I know that they have a a, a good what is it Brazilian winger or number ten uh, on their team. I I can't remember his name for the life of me now, but. Um, yeah, I that's a that's I think that's a interesting thought, Marshall about about Valbuena at the ten and like you said, he makes the assist for the second goal today, so he's come on and he's done his job, and yes. and we are we are playing at home, and and for me also it was um, it was interesting the choice at halftime to bring Valbuena on. Uh, I mean, obviously we we've learned now that that El Arabi was injured. But uh, you know he could have he could have bought he could have easily bought somebody else on, but he went for he went for his experience and um, 
I think uh, I mean yeah. Let's 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 see this again now. I think the the two question marks in the lineup are basically one winger position. Uh, Masuras Masuras has one, and then maybe there's there's one position up for grabs in the midfield, like whether you start Valbuena or whether whether you go with Kunde. Yeah, Kunde as a as a as a winger maybe I don't know. Even that might not surprise me. Yeah. We 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 saw it with uh, with Kasami some some years ago. Yeah, that's true. Kasami is not available in Europe. How do you feel about that transfer? By the way, since we're since we're talking Kasami. Uh, I, I think it it wasn't uh, something that we need badly, but given the fact that Kasami has a decent last season, a very decent last season with Basel, and also he knows perfectly Mitchell. So I'm okay with that. Him and Pachalakis were two rational choices. The only issue is that uh, we, we still have too many players and it probably means that Kunde will be out. If Kasami is fit in the league, uh, Kasami will, will take the, the, the spot, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't have any problem with that, but it's just in the meantime, it's another solution that Mitchell has to find to get the whole roster uh, included in the in the season, like involved in the season. Yeah. Now, I said the other day, I thought that in an ideal world, we could have signed Kasami earlier and we could have sold Kunde because Kunde had offers yeah. to go back to Germany. Uh, but it okay didn't happen that way for ABC XYZ reason. Uh, I'm I'm I'm. Like you said, I think it's a rational signing. It's a player that knows the club. He knows the coach too. That's ideal, actually. Mm-hmm. So he can he can hit the ground running. Uh, the, now all of this stuff about him uh, crying after he signed the contract, etc. Okay, that's uh, good for good for selling newspapers in Greece. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure, of course, Pat Pat Kasami is super happy to be back. At the club, I'm I'm happy to see him back. You're always happy when you, when players that you know love the club coming back. Um, yes. Nostalgia hasn't always been a good servant for us. When we bring back players, it's I can think of more situations where it has gone yes. not great. Um, Manolas, Miralas, uh, Yaya, Yaya Toure. The, the, the most recent uh, examples that come to mind. But okay, hopefully, uh, I, I think this one's going to be different. And uh, he's a player, he had good seasons in Switzerland uh, with, with Baal and with, uh, and with Sion before that. So it's not like, you know, we're bringing someone that, you know, kind of dropped off the map or didn't really, yes. didn't really play well. So, so happy with that one. And I think with that, we're kind of coming to the end of this live stream. We've been going for close to an hour and a half. Sunday night, Olympiakos back to winning ways, ladies and gentlemen. Good win to boost the confidence ahead of 
another crucial match. Let's just let's just say this on every. I feel like on every episode that we do, we're going to be saying this match was crucial. The next match is crucial as well, and we're going to be saying that all the way through to November and uh, and the World Cup because that's the way it is. We have to end up. Our goal has to be to be near or at the top of the league by the World Cup, and to be playing European football uh, come twenty twenty three. Uh, into the new year so so yeah apologies in advance if every episode we we say the next match is crucial or this match was crucial it's just the way it is Marshall any any last thoughts before we before no, I, we think, I think we are we have said everything anything Parfait. okay well ladies and gentlemen Thank you for, for watching. Thank you for listening wherever you are. If you haven't done so already tonight, don't forget, hit that like button before we shut down. It helps to get the episode out to more Olympiacos fans around the world. Help join the mission. Gate 7 International, your number one English source for Olympiacos, your one and only international home for the red and white legend. Hit that subscribe button as well. We have more content coming. We'll be looking to do a preview before the Carabag game. And of course, as always, we'll be back after Carabag for post-match reactions. Hit the bell next to the subscribe button so that you get a notification whenever we go live, whenever a new episode comes out. And last but not least, if you are a betting man, woman, BetUS is our sponsor. We thank them. If you are a betting person, you can use the code on your screen there, Gate7INTL. When you sign up and make your first deposit, you will get 125% boost using the code Gate7INTL. So, guys, until next time, we're Gate7 International by the fans for the fans. See you next time. See you soon. Go,